episode 10. This is Rachel Porter talking. And Rachel Courtney. And, you know, it's almost spring break, you guys. Oh, it's dragging by. We're hanging in there by a thread. Um, we're super excited. Next week, we're going on a trip with KRNL. And then we're going to get to hang out with our families. We're really excited to have this break. Much needed. But today, we have a really fun guest on, a KRNL alum. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, of course. Hi, guys. Um, my name is Madeline Lavalley, um, and I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. And then tell the listeners what you did at KRNL and then what you did at UK. Yeah, of course. So I actually joined KRNL, I think, my freshman or sophomore year. I was kind of an unofficial article writer, um, so I didn't really do a ton of involvement starting off, but um, I actually officially joined, I think, my senior year. So I really only was um, involved in Colonel for a semester. And so I was the lead stylist. So we did photo shoots and um, I was leading the stylist team for that. So, and I actually graduated from UK a semester early. So I was only able to do it for the fall semester of 2018, but it was still an amazing experience, so. Yes, and we were on the same stylist team together, you guys. Yes, we were. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I know. That's that fun. was my I know, first right? semester. Yeah. Are you a sophomore now? Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, it seems so weird because I graduated semester early and I've been out of school for over a year now and I'm just like, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but it was so, it feels like long ago. So, oh, yeah, it's so weird. Flies by. It's yeah. Crazy. It's so crazy. So what was your yeah. um, major at UK? My major was merchandising with a communication minor. Gotcha. Um, What kind of got you into the merchandising major? You know, it was definitely a struggle kind of deciding what to do just because I came into college having no idea what I wanted to do. I didn't even know people were able to decide before going to college. I thought that was absurd. Mm -hmm. So I actually think I accidentally declared communication as a major and then I got to orientation my dad was super excited because he's in PR Mm -hmm. I was like no I think I'm just gonna do you know undeclared I did the whole undergraduate studies for my whole freshman year I was undecided and then I was basically just choosing trying to decide between merchandising and either like something really basic like communication Mm -hmm. the intercultural thing um so I mean really I just kind of realized why go broad when I can choose merchandising and you know right. be able to really focus on one thing and merchandising is still it's such a broad area to study you know there's so many things you can do with it people think that it's just you know buying or merchandising as a career but there's so many things you can do with it so I really think I just you know wanted to stick to one particular subject yeah um are you from Kentucky I'm not I'm actually from St. Louis Missouri interesting so yeah so it was kind of weird. I wasn't even considering Kentucky for college a lot, but I went on this Southern college road trip with my best friend oh. from high school. And I wasn't really interested in any of these Southern schools. And Kentucky was one of the last schools we visited. And we didn't even get to see a tour. We didn't have time, but I just kind of fell in love with the campus, decided to come back a couple of weeks later for a tour and just kind of, you know, I decided pretty pretty early on that that's what I wanted to do, and so I kind of was ready to, you know, get out of Missouri, and so. And then tell us how your time at KRNL and with your merchandising degree, how that helped you get to where you are now. Yeah, of course. So 
I think since I was a stylist, I was when I joined Carano, I was really looking for a creative outlet and styling is definitely something that I still want to consider as a possible long-term career goal. And so I think I was so excited to get that experience, even if it was such, you know, on a smaller scale, it was um, a really fun team to work with. I was able to, you know, kind of sort of be a leader for the, the other stylists, as you know, and it was really interesting to do that because I'd never really been in a kind of leadership role before. And so I think it really helped me just, you know, as having a creative outlet and kind of figuring out that that's definitely something that I would consider myself doing, you know, into adulthood. Right. So. And then did you have any internships at UK um, that helped you like get your job at Helmet Lang? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. I kind of did a bunch of I feel like I had a bunch of really small, you know, either internship or job opportunities throughout college that have all kind of helped me get where I am today. And none of them were, you know, big names, like huge companies that would really pop out on a resume. So I think that was something I really stressed about in college was how do I get from this school in Kentucky that has a merchandising program, but, you know, is an FIT. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, so that was really stressful, but that's one thing I w- will tell you not just do not worry about that at all. Um, I started off my sophomore year of college working at Nordstrom when I went home to St. Louis over the summer. Yeah, my, my favorite company. Um, I started, I did that for a couple of seasons when I would go back to St. Louis for summer and winter break. So did that about three times. And when I first started at Nordstrom in, I guess, 2017, I was also doing College Fashionista's Style Guru Internship. You guys have heard of that? Yeah, I've heard of College Fashionista, yeah. Yeah, so they have their whole internship program that they offer to tons of students where you can basically just write articles um, for a semester. So I did that, and I actually don't even know if I got an article published because I was not, (laughs) photography was not my strong suit, and that was one of the requirements. (laughs) So it was still a great experience, but, you know, not for me. Um, So I did that around, I started that around the time that I started working at Nordstrom, and then I studied abroad my junior year of college. Oh, where to? Florence, Italy. So... Obviously, I think it goes without saying, if anyone has that opportunity, it's a great time. It, you will not regret it. So, um, and so I studied at Florence University of the Arts, and they, one of my classes was actually a retail management class, and so it coincided with this internship program that they had, and basically they have this vintage consignment shop on their campus that the students will be able to work shift in as an internship for the oh, semester. Cool. So, yeah, that was definitely a really cool experience. Um, It kind of just taught us about, you know, we did a lot of, like, visual merchandising, inventory, small things like that. But, you know, it was in a foreign country, so it was really cool. So after I did that, when I was in Florence for the semester, that's when I went to New York after my junior year for an internship in New York. Um, So I feel like that's one thing that UK really I benefited from also because, they really force you to, you know, get the internship for True, the yeah. class credits for merchandising. So it, I feel like, you know, maybe I wouldn't have forced myself to do that if I, they hadn't pushed me. So that was really a great opportunity. And so basically I was in New York for a summer at this really small showroom called Stylistico. So I was a wholesale intern. And it was actually cool because we were doing 
um, we were working with brands that I had recognized in Italy. Like it was all European brands. So it was really cool. Yeah. Um, So yeah. And then I came back to Kentucky after that. And that's when I did my kernel um, styling thing. So that's so yeah. awesome. This summer, mm-hmm. I'm, doing, I'm a wholesale intern in New York City at a smaller showroom. So that's funny you said that. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah. What was that yeah. like working for a showroom? It was really cool just because, you know, it was more hands-on. And I kind of had no idea what I was doing when I went in. The only experience I'd really had was, you know, working at Nordstrom. And I didn't know a lot about the whole you know, the really nitty gritty details of the fashion industry. I didn't know how seasons worked, how, you know, I didn't know anything about wholesale in general. So it was definitely really cool because I got to see how, you know, I got to sit in a lot of like buying meetings, things like that. And I kind of, it definitely helped me realize that sales isn't really the direction I want to go in, but, you know, being able to see firsthand how, buyers are picking products that go directly into the store was really cool yeah that sounds like an awesome experience um before we dive into exactly what you do um for a living can Mm -hmm. you explain to the listeners what helmet lang is and what kind of brand it is etc who's behind the brand Mm -hmm. so they kind of have a better idea of what we're talking about yeah of course so helmet lang was founded in i believe 1986 by the designer himself helmet lang who is austrian and he's not with the company anymore. He hasn't been with the brand since I think 2006. But it was huge. The brand was huge in the 90s when like minimalist fashion was first coming into play. It was, it was like at its peak, and so it was really one of the game changers I think in minimalist fashion. And you know, dealing with really fun silhouettes, but like sharp sharp lines and really high quality material. So it actually is now owned by. The company called Fast Retailing, which owns the brand Theory and Uniqlo. Oh, cool. Yeah, Yeah, something I did not know until I actually started the job. So it's the company that owns all of it overall is actually the second largest company or retail company in the world behind the company that owns Zara. So it's very, very good. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, So right now it's actually the creative director, who is my boss, is Thomas Cotson. And he's actually fairly new to the role just because their previous creative director, whose name was Mark Thomas, he left the company last fall. And so that was kind of, you know, a whole restructuring thing. And so Thomas Carson, the current creative director, was currently only in charge of denim. And now he's in charge of the whole brand. So, See, I'm a big Helmet Lang fan, so I have a lot of questions for you tonight. <laughs> oh, great. I'll try to hit all your questions as best as, best as I can. Because Bella Hadid's an ambassador, right? Or a, what would you call her? Yeah. For Lang? I would call, I mean, she was in our spring 2020 show okay. last fall, during last fashion week. So that was a huge deal because someone actually at the company let me know that she reached out to the company. Wow. And um, yeah, and was, was interested in being in the show. So that was a really big deal for the brand. And now she's, in our spring 2020 campaign yeah I, I pulled up the website and there there she yeah. was <laughs> uh-huh it's very new too like I check the website you know fairly often obviously 
and I followed them on Instagram and I noticed it and I was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's very, it's a big deal. Yeah. We love Bella here. We yes, love her. who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> so tell us exactly what you do at Home and Lang, like what your job mm-hmm. consists of, kind of like a day in the life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. So I, my official title is a studio coordinator slash administrative assistant. So technically I'm an admin, but I'm in the design department. So we have our design, our tech designers, and then our production team. So basically a day in my life is I get into the office around 930, which is amazing because I'm not a morning person. It's very, I feel like that's a good thing about companies now. They're very, you know, come and go if you please. As long as you're getting your work done, very relaxed. It's awesome. So, um, yes, so a lot of my job is, I'm going to be honest, it's not all glamorous, obviously, because what job starting out is like that. But um, I do a lot of scheduling meetings for our creative director, Tom, and also for the design and production team. There's always meetings that we need to be doing just because, you know, it's such a collaborative environment, obviously. So it's just people constantly, you know, talking about this item and this season and three things going on at once, which is crazy. But um, And then I do scheduling for our fit models. So especially since it's now the end of the season, we're getting um, a lot of fit models in all the time. And then I also do, you know, managing and tracking the budget and holding the teams responsible for their spending. I manage our go-to-market calendar, which just means that we have our, you know, benchmarks for due dates and designs and sketches and things like that. And then I also manage my travel and expenses for my boss. So just a bunch of like, you know, nitty gritty things that need to get done around the office. So when you first got the job there, what was your reaction? Like, how did you feel going into it? Were were you nervous any? I, I mean, definitely was so nervous just because <laughs> I knew I was in the, I was, you know, I was in the design department and I have had zero experience in design. And obviously the job I was going into was not design, but you know, it's, such a level that's higher up than anything that I've done before. So before this, um, my job in New York was at this company called Centric Brands. And I was doing licensing for them. And so I was in, we did sleepwear and beauty and socks products for brands like Disney and Marvel and things like that, which is really cool. But, and that was a really good company to have on my resume. But then I got the helmet line job and I was like, oh my goodness, this is just, you know, yeah, you're gonna I've stand never out. done. <laughs> yes, I've never done high fashion like that. I've never done, you know, a super, um, you know, contemporary brand. And so it was definitely I actually, the position that I was in previously was attempt to perm role and it didn't wasn't wasn't able to turn permanent just because they didn't have the budget and things like that. So eventually, I just started looking for another job. The company that I was previously with had told me that they couldn't hire me full time, but there was a position in one of their other divisions that they wanted me to interview for. So I interviewed for that job and had already interviewed for the helmet laying job about the day before that. And my previous company offered me that job. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> I was like, let me reach out to helmet Lang. I, you know, sent an email to helmet Lang, was super nervous. I was like, some people, you never know how people are going to take that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Just because, um, you know, you're being persistent, but um, they called me that day and offered me the job. So I was so excited that, you know, it worked out perfectly because scheduling things is like, that was so stressful. And tell us a little bit about um, what it's like working there. Like talk about 
the people that you work with and how is it mm-hmm. working in such like a creative environment because Helmet Lang is such an iconic brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. So um, I'm not going to lie. It was so intimidating at first. And it wasn't that people were standoffish, but it was just like, we are in such a busy period. Yeah. You know, it's like anything I've done before. It, the company has kind of been understaffed recently. So we're really when I started, that's when a bunch of other people have started also. So we're really starting to pick up speed and stuff. So I've definitely gotten closer with my coworkers as time has gone on. And I've been there, this is my third month now. So I love the people I work with. I'm able to, you know, kind of socialize at work. And it's more people my age, which is really what I wanted working in the city, just because before I was surrounded by, you know, people who I loved in my old job, but they were going home to their kids. And so I was like, you're not people I'm going to hang out on the weekends. But um, yeah, it's really cool being in such a creative space because I've never been able to work in a design department before. And so I'm being able to sit in on meetings. I'm, you know, policing the agenda for design meetings a lot because that's part of my job is facilitating the meetings. So it's really fun to see how it's going from, you know, when I first started, we were preparing for resort 2021 and now we're already thinking of sketches for that same season. So it's just really cool to see how the process comes along because I feel like before that I was just only having experience in, you know, sales or merchandising. So now the creative process is really, really cool to see how that comes along. And then I know you just like recently started, but mm-hmm. what is your opinion on how their brand is evolving? Like, um, can you think of like any like obstacles their brand has faced? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, it was super, super popular in the 90s when minim- minimalist fashion was at its peak. And since then, I think it's gone through a bunch of structural changes that have kind of set it back. So it was actually used to be owned by the Prada Group. And when they weren't having a lot of success, success with it, that's when they sold it to the Theory Company and the Uniqlo Company a couple of years ago. And so, like I said, the former creative director, Mark Thomas, left the company a couple months ago. And so I think right now the objective of the brand is really to try to get back on its feet, figure out how you're going to continue helmet laying the designer's legacy while making the brand your own, if that makes sense. Just because throughout the different creative directors that have been at the helm of helmet laying in the past, you can kind of tell that they're all they all have their own spin on the designs but in the end you can kind of see how it relates to what it was in the 90s do you think 90s fashion is coming back oh heck yes definitely (laughs) i like Uh, i like 90s fashion i do too yeah and i when you look at pictures of 90s fashion i would never i wouldn't always be like okay yes that's cute but now you know it's high-waisted jeans and all of this stuff that is coming back and so i think it's definitely a positive for sure um how have you contributed to the brand's um involvement I guess you could say like what part do you think you've helped the brand progress or change um like me personally you mean yeah if you have an example Mm -hmm. um I guess just like you know nitty-gritty stuff I'm still kind of getting a hang of the job just because it's kind of difficult because (laughs) I'm in admin role and so a lot of my job is getting people to, you know, get this thing to my boss that he really needs and confronting people about things they don't want to be confronted about. And so I feel like it's 
lot of keeping. That's why my boss refers to me as our studio coordinator, just because it's kind of keeping the studio as a whole together and really facilitating communication between each department. And since our creative director, Mark Thomas, left last fall, I think it's kind of been a little scrambled, you know, communication's been low. And so I think just really like keeping the teams together and making it seem as if we're all able to collaborate easily. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, one thing I think that you guys do really well is your collaborations and your specific collections. Do you want to talk about mm -hmm. what your favorite ones are? I know you guys did like the artist one and then the mm -hmm. taxi cab one, right? Yes, of course. So one of my, I really like the collection we just released for fall 2020. We actually foregoed the typical New York Fashion Week show, which, you know, I was kind of disappointed about because I would have been able to assist with that. But we did a collaboration with this this Indian photographer named Sunil Gupta. And he was a really big photographer in the 90s, kind of at the height of the gay rights movement in New York. Cool. And yeah, and so he was studying at the new school in the 90s, you know, did a bunch of photography based on that. And so we did this collaboration with him for fall 2020. And he had, in the 90s, he had photographed Christopher Street, which is a famous street in New York. And so for fall, we had him photograph our new season. And it was really just celebrating kind of, you know, what it means to be queer in New York City, which was really cool, just because I feel like that's changed so much since the 90s. Mm -hmm. So... Um, yeah, so we got to present that in lieu of a, tw a fall 2020 show, which is really cool, just because it was, you know, my first experience having this presentation with the company, and then it was really, you know, so inclusive of what New York means to people, so. One of the um, topics that we were discussing is we've noticed how more brands are showing outside of New York Fashion Week, like overseas, mm -hmm. do you think that part of New York Fashion Week is dying? Like, what is your opinion on that? Um, I've actually read a lot of articles about that recently, just because I think in a way it is dying. I know they're trying to do things to prevent that from happening, but I think there is a reason why, um, you know, it's not as big as it used to be, just because fashion is ever evolving and, you know, a lot of designers showed in, you know, LA this season, which is crazy. And then I didn't realize this also, but Helmut Lang was actually one of the first brands to broadcast their New York Fashion Week show on video stream, like in the 90s. Oh, cool. And so that, yeah, so that was, that became a huge thing because then it kind of became accessible to everyone. And so I think that was a huge thing, but, you know, I, I don't want it to die necessarily, but I think it's just kind of, you know, a sign of the times, and it's unfortunate, but I mean, who knows what will happen. Yeah, I don't want it to end. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> we and haven't I don't even got to experience it, would... it yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and I don't think it would ever go away completely, but it's, you know, it's frustrating because I think all these, you know, some brands are showing in LA, some brands are showing, you know, just on video stream, or they're doing presentations instead of shows, and it's kind of like, what's the point of fashion week if not every brand is doing it? So, you know, doing a traditional show. So it, you know, in my ideal world, I think I would like to stick to the shows. 
Have you gotten to go to New York Fashion Week before? I have not. Okay. No, I've I've done some. Um, they have like events that are you know open to the public and things like that. Just little like you know, um, like forums and you know random things that like retailers hold. But I'm hoping we do our spring 2021 show in the fall so that, so that yeah, I'm able for to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know this is like a random question. I don't know if you can answer it, but I know that Mark Jacobs employees get to pick out um, certain products for what they wear to work. Do you guys get to pick out certain helmet length pieces that you wear to work? Um, we do. So we actually have a ton of giveaways, which is amazing because I've gotten a, a good amount of free clothes and it's not necessarily it's not that it's lower quality, but they're just the samples. The that, sample you know, sales, yeah. Yes, yeah, we're not actually, you know, buying in the, or selling in the stores. Um, and we do, I since I'm an admin assistant, I'm technically not in front of the customer a lot. But if you are considered to be in front of the customer a lot, you get a clothing allowance annually. So we get a pretty hefty discount. And then we have, we can use that discount and use it towards our this clothing allowance that we can use to buy products throughout the year so very fortunate and yeah. online you guys always have a good like sell selection yeah it's definitely um yeah it's it's kind of frustrating because we can't use our discount for the sale because it you know cancels out but it's still the same price so um yeah it's really good yeah so what is your favorite piece from the latest collection or um tell us like a little bit of the inspiration behind the collection yeah, of course. What trends um, that you're seeing that are prominent? Um, I don't want to speak too much for the, you know, the fall collection we just released, just because I was not obviously in on the whole um, process of that, because I wasn't the company yet. But um, I think that really what I've noticed the design team working on is just silhouettes and, you know, fabrics that really make women feel good because in the end, at the end of the day, like the women's wear line is the biggest part of, you know, the biggest contributor to the brand. And so I think that, you know, I got this really amazing blazer at work the other day that we were giving for a giveaway. So I cannot believe it was free, but it's just this like simple black blazer. And then it has like a black patent leather um, lapels. And so I think it's just, you know, stuff that's going to make you feel good, you know, whether you're wearing it to work or going out at night, anything like that. So, yeah, we're definitely seeing more tailored pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's all very you know like structured lines, um, but you know high quality fabrics that are still like you know breathable and that makes you want to wear them. Not just stuff that you would kind of see on a runway and be like, oh, that's interesting, and then you know yeah. you're not going to see it off. You're not going to see it besides the runway. So, what do you uh, like to wear to work, or what advice would you give to young professionals on what to wear to their jobs? Um, one of the great things, not even just about working in fashion, but in general nowadays, is that companies are so casual. So, I mean, even in my old job, when I was at this company-centric brands, I could basically wear whatever I wanted. Um, now that I'm in a company like Helmut Lang, I can kind of, you know, show up in sweatpants as long as it's fashionable. And it's considered, oh my gosh. It's considered not that I have, but I've seen people do it just because, you know. Um, so, it's really cool. I mean, I can wear, you know, I can wear ripped jeans. I can wear, um, you know, like sweatshirts that are 
the helmet Lang brand. Like I wear a champion sweatshirt all the time. Um, so I think at the end of the day, like dressing for work is all about comfort. And so, you know, I find myself wearing a lot of like combat boots, like sneaker, like cool sneakers. Um, and then either just like jeans, like I'm even comfortable in like a skirt or a dress, um, you know, something that I can just like throw on in five minutes in the morning. Cause that's how I go. <laughs> that's how I like get on the road. But, um, yeah, I just think it's something as long as you're comfortable and also confident in just because sometimes in the morning I'm taking way too much time to get ready in the morning. And I'm right. like, I don't need to look that good. It's just work. You know, these people see me every day, but then at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, I would rather feel confident when I'm wearing and feel like, look, feel like I'm looking good. And that kind of sets my mindset for the rest of the day. So totally feel that. And then mm-hmm. what is your favorite thing about working for Helmet Lang? Um, honestly, I would say this is like corny but I would say the people just because at first I was skeptical about it and you know I was a newbie I was coming into such a huge brand that I didn't have experience with and I didn't have anything to this level um but you know I think that the people you spend your work days with are the most important part of your job because my old job at Center Brands I kind of knew going into it that it wasn't something I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And I realized that towards the end too, but I was there for five months and the people that I worked with made it worth going back to. So right now, now that I moved jobs to Helmet Lang, I love the company. I love the brand, but I'm so grateful that that is one thing that kind of stuck with me is that the people are still people that I love going to work with every single day. That's good to hear. I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So to close the episode, first of all, thank you so much for talking to us this evening. But where can our guests follow you on Instagram, if you don't mind giving that information? Of course. So my Instagram is my first and last name. It's Madeline, M-A-D-E-L-E-I-N-E. And then my last name, LaValle, L-A-V-A-L-L-E. Awesome. And just that on Instagram, yeah. And then we close each episode with a life hack. It can be really about anything. I feel like a New York life hack or a fashion life hack. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, number one, since New York just banned plastic bags, a good New York life hack is to bring reusable bags wherever you go. Um, just because I was already doing that to begin with, but now that I know I have to pay five cents per bag, I'm like, okay, no, five cents is nothing, but we're still <laughs> going to be good for the environment, you know? Um, I always have good restaurant recommendations. So if you're ever, if anyone's in New York again, don't be afraid to reach out. I'm going to do a shameless plug of my food Instagram that I have for any, you know, yeah, foodies out there it. who need New York recommendations. Um, it's on Instagram. It's mad about eat. Ooh, we need that because we're so, going next week. Oh, yes, perfect. So, um, you know, I'm all about that. You know, I like to cook a lot, too, so um, things like that. But, um, yeah, so that's about it. Well, thank you so much for being on, and thank you guys for listening. Have a good rest of your day. It was so nice talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Bye.